Welcome to the LTC University podcast, empowering and educating across the great state of South Carolina. Here we go. Welcome to the LTC University podcast. My name is Jamie Preston, and today we're going to be talking about a little bit of everything, but we're going to really hone in on SC HomeRx and, and SC House Calls and pharmacy, and then and then also get into some of that technology. And today. We have Brody Wall. He's the director of Teledevices and then also the financial director for SC Home RX. And we also have the vice president of Acute Care Services, David Tichy. Guys, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jamie. Pleasure to be here. Thanks so much, Jamie. Appreciate it. I appreciate you uh, allowing me to be back on the call. You know, a lot of my friends tell me I have a face for radio, Jamie. So I don't know if that's a compliment or a put down, but, you know, here we are with that com- yeah, comment. Right? Yeah, you know what? David, you know, I think you got a great voice. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> so, um, likewise, as, as I just have a voice. Um, so, so guys, let's let's kind of give people an overview of both of your jobs and what you do for SC House Calls and then also SC Homer X. Brody, you go first. Sure. Well, as a director of teledevices with SC House Calls, um, I'm helping to oversee um, our programs such as uh, our RPM, Remote Patient Monitoring program that we have started now throughout the state, um, as well as overseeing our uh, Livy program, which is an automated medication dispensing machine, which our patients can also utilize um, through SC House Calls and SC Home RX. Um, And further than that, just working to help uh, educate um, our providers and our patients uh, on what the big problems are. with you know why people are getting readmitted to the hospital, uh, why we're seeing uh, treatment failures, and and how we can work together to actually the, help improve those outcomes. Sure. Uh, then, yeah, I, there's a lot of things that go into this, but the one word I wanted to focus on today um, is adherence, mm-hmm. and that relates to medication adherence. We know that uh, based on the reports that CMS has given us. Um, and other medical journal studies that medication non-adherence can account for about 50% of treatment failures. Um, That leads to about 125,000 unnecessary deaths and about one-third of hospitalizations each year in the country. So those are a lot of numbers there that are directly related to medication adherence or the lack thereof. Um, And we know as well that by the end of 2020, which just happened obviously, the number of um, Americans that are affected by a chronic condition that requires medication therapy um, is over 160 million now, uh, mm-hmm. which is a, a huge portion of our population. Sure. So making sure that uh, we have the right people um, and the right support there uh, to help those patients is going to be really important uh, as we try to help them and their outcomes. Sure. David, give us a uh, kind of an idea of what your role is is as the Vice President of Acute Care Services. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. So I partner up with Brody and and really focus on the partnerships that we have with our local hospital systems as well as our home health agencies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and of course, in general terms, I I really help to try to support the providers as well related to having the tools and equipment to to simply put, having the tools and equipment to do their job and to provide the best to our patient population. You know, when, when we look at the patients that we're serving and really even in the, during the pandemic, there's just so much technology that's now driving in via telehealth and telemedicine uh, that, that can make such a huge impact on our patient population as we've discussed before. So that's really 
some of the goals that I have set forth through the the partnership that we have, and of course working alongside of Brody uh, to deliver that, as we'll discuss a little bit further, you know, as we move along. Absolutely. So let, let's let's kind of get back in the lane of medication adherence, um, and I why and I'm gonna play dumb here, guys. Why is it important? Obviously for medication adherence, but why is it important to try to keep people out of the hospital? Well, first of all, we know that most of the time when people go to the hospital, um, they'll get sicker. <laughs> you know, yeah. you only get you you go to the hospital because you're sick. And if you know you have somebody that really can stay out of the hospital by doing simple things like managing their medication appropriately, then obviously we want to keep them at home, um, which is where you know we will focus on serving our patients wherever they live. If if it's at their uh, residence, if it's in an assisted living or an independent living. Um, we want to keep that patient out of the hospital, um, especially for reasons that can easily be prevented. Sure. Um, and so that's why we have all these tools um, and these innovative technologies in place, um, such as the Livy, such as the RPM, remote patient monitoring, that can increase our access to the patient and reversely increase the patient's access to us. I mean, that's whole. Uh, that one thing that I'm getting right now in 2021 is accessibility to healthcare. Sure. Um, and you know, these types of innovations can really grow that. Um, you know, and create that partnership between pharmacy, SE house calls, and the patient um, to to make it a, a really good relationship. And uh, there's a one the stat I just want to say, talking about uh, adherence, really quick. Um, this kind of blew my mind. I was reading um, the Medical Care Journal of the American Public Health Association, and I saw a study in there that uh, that said that if 25% of the beneficiaries with hypertension, so people with hypertension, if 25% of those people who were non-adherent with their medications became adherent, it would save Medicare, the healthcare system, over $13.7 billion annually it would avoid over 100,000 emergency department visits and over 7 million inpatient hospital days. Mm. All of that could be averted simply just by getting 25% of these people to become adherent on their medications. Yeah. Um, and that's just one of the chronic diseases that we deal with, not to mention CHF, COPD, um, and all those things, mm -hmm. like diabetes, yeah, yeah, all of those things that also are greatly impacted by appropriate medication adherence. Sure. And David, as a registered nurse, why is it so important for patients to stick to their medication? And, and even the timing of them taking some of their medications is super important. Give us kind of an overview. Yeah. So, you know, as I'm sitting here and listening to Brody speak to us, I, I kind of feel like, Jamie, you've done a great job of lining the two of us up on this call because you've got the best of both worlds. Brody can talk really the high level, the statistical information, the financial side of things and the impact. And then from a clinical standpoint, my, my nurse brain over here is thinking to myself, well, gosh, if I'm a patient, and just like what Brody said, I want to stay home. I don't want to <laughs> go to the hospital. I don't want to be exposed to what is there. I don't want to be debilitated. And for every day that I'm in the hospital, I'm set back seven days of debility, you know, based on that clinical aspect. And so, mm -hmm. you know, Back to your point and back to your question, it's important to maintain medication adherence and to follow the provider orders in order to get a very good baseline of what's working for you and what's not. Oftentimes I see with patients that do not take their medicines on a, on a daily basis or as prescribed, 
um, the, the provider really has a tough time knowing how to continue with that prescription, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if I'm not taking my blood pressure medicine like I should be, and I go back to see my doctor or my nurse practitioner and they find that my blood pressures have been elevated, they may do a medication adjustment that, that really is not factual in nature because I don't have all of the data that I need. Sure. Um, hemodynamically, or when we talk about the body itself, you think about as you take these medicines, they're they're gonna they're gonna benefit you, mm-hmm. uh, but also they're gonna really help to develop a, a process with you to keep you out of the hospital and also to improve your quality of life. And what I love about our pharmacy is the proactive approach they take in allowing for pharmacy consultations with our patients. And Brody can talk more about that. But quite frankly, even back in nursing school, when I was in nursing school at USC back in the early 2000, I remember a term then called polypharmacy. And polypharmacy, poly being many and pharmacy being, you know, medications or drugs. And there's so many patients out there that are on medications that are, you know, 10, 15, 20 pills or more each day. And that becomes a polypharmacy situation where you have contraindications or or you have reactions between the drugs you know, you, you, the, the intent there is to treat the diagnosis, but when you start having all of those medications on board, you can have contraindications from that as well. So I love that about our pharmacy and the opportunities that we have in working with the patients, not only for medication adherence, but for improvements in polypharmacy and, and, and helping those patients to, to get out of some of those meds as well. Sure. You know, there's, there's positive in taking meds. But then also, if you take too many, there's a negative to that. So we need to think about and have have that opportunity. And our pharmacy does a great job of working with our pharmacists and the team do a great job of working with patients on that. So what's the first step to kind of combating this this issue? Well, Jamie, for our patients, um, and I want all of our providers to know this and uh, to take advantage of it, whenever we get a new patient on board with SC House Calls, they're automatically going to be scheduled for a a pharmacy consultation. Um, We have a pharmacy team inside our telehealth center um, that is going to be reviewing these charts, um, looking at the medications, doing the reconciliation, looking for any polypharmacy uh, possible issues like David mentioned. Uh, We're also going to look and see if there's things that we could change out for them that could save them money. Um, If they have concerns about that, you know, we're not only going, you know, we're going to take a holistic approach to this patient. So the every single patient is going to get that consultation when they come on board. And that just, that really should be standard, I think, for any time a patient comes into a new practice. Absolutely. I mean, because the medications have such an impact um, on their overall health status, um, it's, you know, it's really a no-brainer for us. And we're really fortunate to have that pharmacy team now integrated within SC House Calls to provide those services. Sure. Um, and the other ways that we're helping, uh, and these are things that our providers need to know as well, um, you know, so what are we doing about this problem? Well, one of the things we're doing is we're cycle-filling patients' medications, meaning that we sync them up all together um, and send them to them once a month. Uh, that way, you're not having to look in your medicine cabinet and say, okay, well, I've got uh, 10 of these pills, uh, but I've only got two of these, so i go to got to go to the pharmacy tomorrow and then uh, remember to go back next Wednesday. And it's, you know, especially if it's an, an older person and especially if they have um, transportation issues, maybe they're not driving much anymore, um, that can just become cumbersome and confusing. Um, and it just ends up to them not getting their medications, not picking them up. Um, secondly, the way we solve that is we mail them directly to the patient's home address. Um, 
and that's at no charge to the patient. Uh, that's a service we provide for free. Uh, we know, um, based on some of the other studies that we've looked at, that just doing cycle fill and home delivery is going to greatly increase the medication adherence. Then, when you couple that with our different um, packaging options, such as blister cards, which can make it easier for a patient to identify um, and take their medications and keep track of what they have or have not taken, um, and you couple that with innovative uh, technology like the Livy machine, which can dispense medications um, up to 24 times a day every single hour and also communicates with caregivers via text and emails whether a patient is or is not taking their medications. Um, and then bringing in the telehealth pharmacy team, we really have an integrated model um, of ways that we are making sure that patients are going to be as adherent as possible and making it easy for them to be adherent and, and give them that access again um, to make sure that they can talk to a pharmacist. Sure. Uh, that they can get their medications when they need to, um, and that they can get them easily and sent to their home. Um, so it's all about access for them, and then also integration of services um, on the healthcare side to make sure we have a whole picture for that patient. Sure. Let, let's let's kind of deep dive a little bit into the pharmacy reviews, because that's something the patient gets. They get to you know talk to a pharmacist. That if they're an SC House Calls patient, they can talk to the pharmacist find out what you know how their medications working and, and just really they that pharmacists get a they get a really good picture of what that patient's going through versus somebody walking into a big box store you know cvs or what, or what have you and they get literally 30 seconds with the pharmacist because there's a line behind them and they know they have to move along um Talk about those reviews. And then also the provider themselves get to have access to those pharmacists. Talk about that relationship and how that works. That's an excellent question. And, and you described it quite well, Jamie. I tell you, I feel like you may have had a pharmacy consult yourself because you just you <laughs> described exactly the process and what goes through during that. It could be a telehealth or telemedicine visit. We can do that by phone as well from the from the pharmacy consultant standpoint, and they are reaching out and really just uh, going over the medications that the patient's taking. They're doing a uh, simple medication review. Uh, they're they're f focusing in on what side effects the patient could be experiencing from having some of those. As Brody was mentioning earlier, they're doing a review to determine it might there be a generic or a, a less expensive medication that the patient could be utilizing instead of what they're currently on. Um, could they be, you know, de-prescribed some medications uh, that would possibly benefit them? Or, or can we take away some medicines to help reduce that risk of the polypharmacy, as I spoke of earlier? Um, and they're doing a really comprehensive review of that with the patient as needed, definitely on the front end as we admit a new patient to services. But then even as, as things might change with the patient, you know, as the provider um, might need some assistance in knowing what is the best option if, if the one of the medications is not being uh, you know, there's not efficacy or there's not a good opportunity for it, it to be utilized with the patient. What other options do I have? And so that would really be patient to pharmacy consultant. But then, of course, we have the pharmacy consultants available to providers uh, on a daily basis. So if the provider uh, is in a situation where they're diagnosing a patient and they want some recommendations on what the best drug option could be for the patient uh, related to what's you know, d depending on the labs or, or you know, or, or any kind of microbiology results from, you know, a urinalysis or, or a urine culture, rather, you know, th those are the kind of things that are opportunities for them to consult and work with 
our pharmacy consultant team on to, quite frankly, bottom line, once again, to provide the best patient care and the best yeah. patient outcome. And, and as I've gotten to know a lot of our providers, you know, uh, you know, throughout uh, SC House calls, you know, they want to provide the best care. And, and this is such a great opportunity where you don't have to be this lone ranger out there. You've got somebody at your, you know, a specialist on medication, literally, that you can consult with to provide the best care. And I just I just think that's just such a good setup that's going to drive out great outcomes for patient and keep patients out of the hospital. Well, it truly is that interdisciplinary wheel that you mm-hmm. that we've seen over the years in healthcare, and whether that be in the acute setting or in the setting that we practice in the post-acute setting, it's that interdisciplinary wheel and in the center of that wheel is the patient. And then obviously circling around that patient at this point in time, it's not just it's not just the provider anymore. Like sure. it's a true wheel and all the spokes in that wheel all link back to the middle, which is the patient, and we're focusing on the best best possible outcomes, one of those being a, a reduction in readmissions to the hospital, uh, another one being, you know, better medication adherence, another one being an improved quality of life for the patient. Sure. Uh, all of those fit into that interdisciplinary model, and as you're describing, spokes in that inter- interdisciplinary wheel would be the provider, would be the pharmacy consultant, would be, you know, the Livy, would be the the our, our psychiatric nurse practitioner, would be our palliative care program, would be mm-hmm. home health would be hospice. I mean, the list goes on. That's who encircles the patient in order to provide the best quality of services. Absolutely. So guys, I want to geek out a little bit here and I want us to, I want us to jump into technology because you guys are providing some amazing technologies for patients and, and to help them that are easy to use. They're not, because I think a lot of people think of technology and they think, oh, that's just going to make it hard. It's going to make it hard to use. Um, you guys have really focused in and, and, and took advantage of, you know, telehealth to be able to reach more people, but you're also putting technology in the homes for certain patients to really drive that medication adherence and, and drive those, you know, to keep them out of the hospital at the end of the day. Talk about kind of the, some of those technologies you're, you're utilizing. Certainly. Well, um, I mean, and that's one of the really exciting things um, that I think the company is doing right now um, by offering, um, both the remote patient monitoring services and also the Livy. Um, on the SC House Call side, more with the remote patient monitoring, you know, we're going to uh, provide these patients um, with a kit um, that comes with um, your your heart rate monitor, your blood pressure monitor, um, your your um, your S your O2 um, oxygen level monitor, um, and also a thermometer that can uh, can capture your temperature. And these uh, these are these vitals are actually captured in real time and sent back to us here in the telehealth center, where we have a team who's constantly reviewing that data that's sent back to us. And that's part of our model of proactive healthcare. Yeah. If we get a reading that comes back and shows that someone's heart rate has spiked drastically um, outside of their normal range. That's going to actually set up a trigger and an alert in our system, and it's going to prompt um, one of our MAs to actually um, follow up on that. And then that could either be a call to the patient, um, that could be a note to the provider asking them to follow up, um, and it can result in really a uh, a visit um, ultimately with that patient, making sure that we follow up on things immediately 
um, and have more touches. As we know, based on what CMS has come out in 2021, we think now that, or and they think, and I tend to agree so far, that the the more touches you have with the patient, the more frequency you have, you see that patient, it's going to be beneficial uh, much more than if you only see a patient once every six months. Sure. Uh, you know, say for just for a checkup. Um, the more touches and the more access that patient has to the provider is uh, is going to increase that outcome drastically. Um, and the remote patient monitoring gives us one of those tools um, to capture that data, to have that increased access, um, and to and to be able to uh, generate those into actual you know outcomes um, mm-hmm. when we're following with the patient uh, and reviewing their their symptoms. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the Livy, there's a what that does it, it holds up to 15 different medications. It can hold up to a 90 day supply of those medications. Um, and it will it allows us to uh, to remind caregivers and patients uh, when medications are due. The the Livy machine will actually flash um, and light up, and it will also give an audible um, an audio beep sound, which will alert the patient in the house or the room um, that it's time to take their medications. Um, if for some reason the patient is not taking them, or a dose is late, or a dose is missed, um, the Livy is sending text messages and email alerts. To caregivers, um, then also back to to our dashboard as well, alerting them um, of what's happening in real time. Sure. Um, and we can also um, allow them to have medication stops or changes in real time too from any any web based device. Um, the other thing that does is it provides these medication adherence reports and different analytics to help us improve the care of those patients uh, with those reports that we pull there. Um, really just allowing those patients to remain more independent um, while also providing the family and the caregiver with the peace of mind that they're being adherent to their medications and that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing in terms of that. Sure. Um, and so that's been a thing that's been extremely uh, helpful for our patients. I, I know just looking back at January, um, when we talking about RPM, we had uh, around 300 patients um, with the RPM. Uh, and out of those 300, we had a less than 1% readmission rate um, back to the hospitals, which I think is just an amazing statistic um, and a testament to that program. And I can tell you, too, out of the, the um, dozens of Livies that we've had out, um, you know, over the last six months, I only know of one patient that has been um, gone off of that program, and that's because they actually transitioned onto hospice. Um, but you know, that's another testament to you know how these, uh, how this innovation and how this technology is really increasing the care and the access that we can provide to these patients. Sure, absolutely, yeah. And and David, what's the national readmission rate for hospitals? That's uh, yeah. So 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 Brody stole my thunder with that less than one percent statistic there, Jamie. <laughs> I was sitting on my hands over there, ready to shoot that one off to you guys, and he took it out <laughs> from under me. <laughs> That's all right, though. I'm really proud of that number because nationally, for remote patient monitoring programs in place throughout the nation, it's around sixteen percent. Wow, sixteen percent. So I can say that in the last six to eight months, we've been less than less than 5% each month. And uh, we, and, and as Brody was mentioning, you know, greater than 300 patients and a less than 1% readmission rate. It's mm-hmm. industry, it's really industry breaking and, and, and definitely worth looking at. And it's, and it's got a lot of attention also of, 
of uh, some of our colleagues throughout uh, the country, quite frankly, that are calling on us and asking, how are you guys doing it? What are you doing? I've had several calls uh, with some colleagues that work directly with Vital Care, uh, who is the who is the company we partner with for remote patient monitoring, and they want to know what's your model? What is your model of care over there, and how are you able to do this? And and it really does get back to a proactive approach to seeing patients more frequently, having more touch points, and just like what Brody was saying, he was spot on with that. That's what Medicare wants us to do, and we've been doing that for quite some time with remote patient monitoring. Sure. Simply put, daily we're getting touch points with those patients, and by getting those touch points and being able to proactively provide care to them. And, and also being able to visit with them through a telemedicine visit, you know, same day, that's why those readmission numbers are so low. And that's what I share when I mm-hmm. speak to some of the companies out there nationally related to how are y'all doing it? How are y'all driving and beating these national benchmarks? Well, that's how right there. Number one, we're monitoring aggressively and on those daily touch points. And number two, we have some great providers that follow up immediately when we see those vital sign changes sure. uh, or Kind of changes with the patient and that's what's keeping them home and out of the hospital yeah. um and then thirdly going back to kind of where we started our this integrated health model that we have you know utilizing pharmacy um with the providers with the innovative technology um like david said i mean we're 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 completing a lot of the spokes on that wheel right there um to complete you know the picture for that patient's health care absolutely yeah and man, I can't think of it. You know, I, I really do. I really do think it's going to change. It is changing healthcare in South Carolina. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, and and going back a little bit to, you know, seeing the provider more often. Um, I was I was with Scott Middleton, the owner, yesterday, and he told a story about how um, President Biden. His his provider, his doctor in the White House, there literally lays eyes on him every single day. And Scott made the point: if it's good enough for the president, it's good enough for our patients too. <laughs> so now that's a little bit of an exaggeration because we're probably not going to see a patient every day. Um, but but when but the idea is seeing them more often, more regularly, getting them the consults with the pharmacy, using utilizing the technology that's easy to use for a patient. They can be trained how to use this. Um, and, and utilizing this, and we're gonna we're actually shooting a video tomorrow with a patient um, to tell their story of of a gentleman. He he went to the hospital, went to the emergency room three times in ninety days. Mm. He, he started using the Livy machine, and he hasn't been back to the hospital in over a year. And 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 the main reasons that he was going back to the hospital those three times in those ninety days was because of medication adherence. And I can't wait to share that story with people just to see that. And that literally changes somebody's life because in three times going back to the hospital, you know, how much more chance do you have contracting something else? COVID right now, which can be for elderly patients can be detrimental. Um, And it's just, it's literally changing people's lives. And if, if people will use it, it will, man, we get to really help a lot of people with that. He's one of those statistics, Jamie, you know, mm-hmm. as you described the statistics that Brody was sharing at the beginning of this of this call related to those patients that go back because of medication adherence. So that's a great example and one that we should be proud of in improving that patient's quality of life. Sure. And Quite saving fun. them money. I, I think of the medication, you know, 
um, it can be really, especially for a diabetic patient. I was diabetic. Um, I've had uh, gastric bypass surgery in the last couple months here. Now my diabetes is gone. I'm off all my medications, thank God, because wow. that medication was expensive. I, I went to a regular pharmacy. I uh, went to a Publix pharmacy um, in the past, the first, and I had to refill my uh, Lavimir. It was going to be over $500. Um, yeah. And wow. I, yeah, and I switched to SC Homer X. It was way cheaper. Let me add to that as well. But, you know, I think of the people that are out there that just said, you know what, I'm not going to, I can't afford that. And there's a lot of those people. And, and it, it was, it was expensive for me, you know. And, and you make a great point there too, Jamie, because I've heard that on calls from the pharmacy consultants. That's one of the, you know, guiding points for them is, yeah. is finding out from the patients, well, why are you? non-adherent mm -hmm. I, I used to work with a nurse who used to hate hate it when people would say someone was non-compliant because she says at the root of that there's a reason yeah and you have to talk to the patient and get to know them and build trust and rapport which we do a great job of here uh and to determine well why is it that they're not taking the medicine is it because they can't afford it mm -hmm. is it because of the way that it makes them feel when they take sure. it with another is it because of you know that there's a whole list there and yeah. and that's of those one of those pharmacy consultant opportunities for mm -hmm. us with all of our patients once again is to determine okay if we do have non-compliant using that term you know our, our non-inherent patients to using their medicines there's got to be a root reason for that yeah. what's the root cause of that and how can we how can we fix that a, a good uh, a, a, help them support them in that so yeah. great point a good, a good friend of mine has an uncle who who uh, passed a year about a about a year and a half ago his uncle passed and they found out the cause was because he was splitting his medications to make them go further because he yeah. couldn't afford them. They were really expensive um, and ended up in him having a fatal heart attack in a parking lot. Um, yeah. And, man, it, it, we, we, we live in, you know, one of the wealthiest countries in the world, and, and that just really shouldn't happen. We, you know, Sir. There, there may have been another medication had he had a console that – could have been cheaper maybe a generic or just there's just so many different ways that we can serve and help people and so guys thanks so much for all you're doing to, to really help people and at south carolina house calls and you know the patients you that you guys serve and sc home rx i really appreciate you guys appreciate it jamie for the time and uh you know look forward to chatting again further when we have more good news to discuss absolutely we'll do it soon Thank you, Jamie. Thanks. Just a couple of announcements. Every single month, on the first Monday of the month, we have an event called the Community Leadership Assembly. You are invited, especially if you're an assisted living administrator or skilled facility administrator and a social worker. You can earn up to three CEU credits. At this event, you'll hear from a couple different speakers, and we're going to provide lunch for only $10.00. You don't want to miss it. So make sure you come to 1626 on Main in Columbia, South Carolina. You won't read. Also, if you'd be so kind to write a review for the LTC University podcast, give us a five-star rating. We would really appreciate it. We'd love for you to check us out on social media. You can go find us at LTC University on much. We appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Let's continue to learn together. Have a great day.